Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. You ain't heard nothing till you've heard the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that won't take no for an answer. He knows Oklahoma means red man. Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. It is so nice to have you joining us today. It is a magnificently sunny Arizona morning, and uh, the temperature is climbing. Very soon, we're going to be in the mid-70s, and for mid-January, that is quite the coup. If I had any complaints at all, they kind of melted away in this magnificent, beautiful Arizona weather. Uh, The only complaint I have to share with everybody is the fact that I am woefully, painfully late in revising the 2023 Medicare for the Lazy Man to bring out the 2024 version of Medicare for the Lazy Man. I still have some work to do on that. But when I do bring it out, it's going to be substantially the same as the 2023 version that's now on sale. So if you're looking for Medicare information, you could do much, much worse than to buy the Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. The substance of the book is identical. The major impact of Medicare is the same as it has been. And all you have to do is, uh, you know, if you have esoteric Medicare problems, like you're a high earner and you're going to be subject to the IRMA penalty, for instance, the success penalty, some of those uh, percentages have changed. Some of those thresholds have changed. But overall, you've got the same high quality Medicare information in the current edition, the 2023 edition, as you will going forward. So let me suggest that you go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and take a look at the Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. If you go to Amazon, you're going to find four different versions. There's an audible book that you can listen to. There is a Kindle version that you can download instantly to your e-reader. And since it's just a bunch of electrons, It's only $3.80, not even $4 to purchase the Kindle edition. But if you want the tried and true workhorse of the Medicare for the Lazy Man Empire, that's going to be the paperback. You can get it for $8 at Amazon or $9 at uh, barnesandnoble.com. It has color color illustrations at Barnes & Noble. And then, of course, I want to put in a good word for the magnificently crafted hardcover at uh, Amazon, $22, but it is a masterpiece of uh, uh, Gutenberg would have lusted after the the product that this uh, printing press 
and cover uh, construction has created. It's just a masterpiece. So give those four versions of the book a try at Amazon or go to barnesandnoble.com and uh, try the, uh, the their version of the paperback. I'm sure that you'll be pleased with the results. So anyway, um, watching one of my neighbors drive out of their garage, they went the wrong way. It's like they're getting lost in their own neighborhood. Anyway, I'd like to say uh, here's a guy who never gets lost anywhere. He's in charge of his fate. He's the captain of his ship. He is uh, basically the, the rudder that steers the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast through the seas of Medicare, and that would be Mr. Randy Carson. Hello, Randy. Good to see you again. Mr. Doug, it's good to be seen. I, yeah, I, you know, I had I to, I told you just before we started recording, I had a really a bad dream last night. So, and Doug knows the context of that dream, and we're going to try to solve that. But bottom line is, I've never searched and searched and searched so long and found absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> well, I. <clears throat> I know what Randy's talking about. It was frustrating. I wasn't traumatized by it like he was, so I didn't toss and turn in the middle of the night and have that nightmare, that that repeated nightmare that often you get when you're feverish. You know, you had the yeah. Uh, you pick on a an an event that went wrong and then just replay it over and over in your head, hoping for a better resolution. Uh, I will say that it, it occurred to me later on that some of our regular listeners. Uh, including, and this has been mentioned several times by him, uh, our friend Steve out in Washington who runs Westport Charters, uh, the fishing charter service. Um, he has mentioned the buffalo chip, and he said he's going to come to Cave Creek one day and, and visit the buffalo chip. And it didn't occur to me yesterday when we were searching for the appropriate place to hold our business meeting why the buffalo chip was off the list. Can you explain that to me? Uh, has it gone farther down on your list of preferred places than it used to be? It used to be number one. I, the only way I can explain it, Doug, is the new Buffalo chip just does not have the ambiance that the old Buffalo chip did. The old Buffalo chip was my absolute favorite bar in the world. Mm -hmm. And when it, and I mean, it had, it had been there since stagecoach days. I mean, good yeah. Lord, that thing had been around a long time. Right. And I, I loved it to death. It had all the, all the character of an old time bar and bottom line is when it burned down, they they rebuilt it, you know, God mm -hmm. bless their little pointed heads. Yeah. It's, it's, all, still, it, it's all new and shiny now. Yeah, and I don't like that part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can understand that. But then the other important thing in Buffalo Chip history was the dying of the owner or the, the guy yeah. who's owned it for a long time. He yeah. um, was a friend of yours, I guess, or at least a, a guy that you liked very much. Yeah, yeah. Larry went. Yeah, Larry was one of the good ones. And uh, it, I really, you know, the whole concept of Larry passing on and the Buffalo, the, you know, the original building burning. I mean, yeah. it just really, uh, really took a toll on, um, you know, my feelings around the, the bar. You know, bottom well, line is it's it's too modern, yeah. too modern, too. Uh, I don't know what there is. You, you ever walk into a place and it's just not right, you know, in terms of the, you know, I, I hate to use this term, but feng shui. Well, here's another question for you. I, I, yes, feng shui. I can, I certainly live my life by feng shui. And, uh, but you're right. The Buffalo chip is not like it was. And it was 
it had a lot of flavor before when I yeah. first saw the Buffalo chip was the first day I saw this property that we live on now. And so I, I equate those two events in my head. Uh, we just had this big stack of documents and we said, let's go to a bar and go through the documents. And so the Buffalo chip happened to be the first bar we came to. Had yeah. we stayed in the car another 30 seconds, we would have been at Harold's. But uh, in any event, the Buffalo chip uh, is, you know, a fond memory, but I wonder what, one of its uh, famous patrons would think if we could dig him up, uh, he had a 70th birthday party at the Buffalo chip and that's the, um, the f- most famous hell's angel of all. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't even think of his name now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now you're now I'm yeah, I know. I, I, I know exactly who you're talking. He yeah. was the, uh, he was the uh, lead leader of the LA hell's angels. And uh, he lived San, in Cape San Bernardino, Cape. San Bernardino, San Bernardino. Yeah. And he lived in Cave Creek for a number of years. He was a yeah. friend with Larry, uh, a friend with Sheriff Joe. And That's the was, interesting was, thing. He was a, a he turned the Hell's Angels into an international criminal conspiracy, but he and yeah. Sheriff Joe got along just great. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was very interesting because Larry was one of Sheriff Joe's deputies back in the day. Ah. And so she, the reason that Larry and Sheriff Joe got to be such good friends is because of that working relationship. And then the Hells Angels, I mean, the, the Buffalo Chip was a really unique organization in, in that you could walk in. And I said this a number of times, you could walk in the old Buffalo Chip and, and to some extent now, too. But you could walk in the old Buffalo Chip and bottom line, you didn't know whether you were sitting next. And we all got along. You didn't know whether you were sitting next to a Maricopa County deputy or a Hell's Angel or just or a millionaire or a gazillionaire or a guy that worked on a ranch with a six gun on his hip. We all got along. It was just a real mixture of people that we we learned really quickly in Cave Creek. You go you don't stick your nose in anybody else's business and you're fine. <laughs> so you're a sunny barger. However, your your microphone has cut out. That was my uh, fault. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the so audience, anyway, the, the audience Angel, missed hearing me yell, Sonny Barger. Yeah, Sonny Barger was the fellow. And the, the it was just the really, the oddest combination. But when the last time, when, well, not the last time, but Larry was married a couple of times, but his when Larry got married to his last wife, guess who his nominal best men were? Well, I think it was Sheriff Joe and Sonny Barger, if I remember your story. Sheriff Joe and Sonny Barger. Opposite ends of the legal spectrum. Yes, yes. But, you know, in the oddest sort of way, they respected each other. Yeah, they were both cordial. And Sonny Barger, for those who don't know him, uh, like I said, he turned the Hells Angels into an international crime cartel. But eventually he was sent sent away to a federal penitentiary for tax evasion. I believe that was the charge, served a five-year sentence. During that five-year sentence uh, at his penitentiary in Arizona, he fell in love with Arizona. And so when they sprung him mm-hmm. at the end of his sentence, he said, I'm going to move to Arizona and I will live here. And the town he moved to was Cave Creek. And he lived a very low-profile life, except for a couple of occasional domestic violence <laughs> charges and you know a few things like that but other than that he did not cause uh uh trouble uh for the local constabulary i don't think no no it was he like you say he lived a very low profile life he loved arizona uh and and i might say that he became 
in a in a, in a sort of a way a, a upstanding characterized citizen in cave creek and i yeah. do mean and i and i mean character in a in a loving sort of way and every uh every uh wikipedia or you know uh research entry that i read about him said that you know it ended with the same sentence basically said he he now rides with the hell's angels of cave creek and um First of all, I've never seen any Hell's Angels colors around here or anybody's colors. So there must be like a truce going on that the various biker clubs uh, have all agreed not to wear their colors in Cave Creek. Because right. even during. I, and I, yeah, I, and I don't. You're right. I've never seen any colors around here. Uh, and, and even even on the, what 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 time? What do they call that? Cave Creek Bikers Day or what? Biker you know, bike, bike, bike Week. Bike Week. I mean, that's a huge deal. It and lasts I've about never two seen, weeks. Yeah, and I've never seen any colors around there either. Yeah. I, they must have an, an agreement that they're not going to show their colors because uh, that might lead to disputes that would then cause the city or the town of Cave Creek to maybe pull the plug on the whole thing and not be so friendly to bikers. Right now, Cave Creek is very friendly to bikers, and uh, they generally behave themselves very, very nicely. Well, and you could, like I said, you can be sitting next to a biker. You can be sitting next to a billionaire. You can be sitting next to a cowboy. Uh, I just love that type of an environment. Nobody gets yeah. in your nose. Nobody sticks their nose in your business. Everybody has a good time and everybody has a beer. Yeah. And then let's not forget the other famous Arizona bike event that occurs, I think, in February of every year. And you can uh, uh, certainly uh, Google this. But uh, down where the Arizona State Penitentiary used to be, um, it's not in Coolidge. It's in the town right next to Coolidge, just to the east of Coolidge. Ah, oh, God, it starts with an R. Uh, but anyway, the uh, now there are three prisons in that same town. And what the bikers do, all the gangs call a truce for the one day, and I think it's in February, and they go down and they ride through that town like they own the streets and the cops block off traffic so there's no incidental problem with uh you know the uh, civilians and stuff but basically what they do is they make a lot of noise and they spend a lot of time circulating through that town in order to show their their incarcerated brothers that they haven't been forgotten mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. you see a lot of topless biker babes <laughs> and uh course it's not always very warm in february and you know down near tucson but uh that is an annual event also yeah 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 it, it there's the arizona in general i've just got to say it's it's a many faceted state and uh, i just love the state i i wouldn't want to live i wouldn't want to live anywhere else yeah this is a beautiful place to live and unfortunately i'm married to a uh, content curator who does like other places to live so that's why I'm not here in the summertime. And you sleep with a content curator too. I, I sure do. You'd think there'd be more complaints than there are. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Let's get down to business. Shall we? All right. Let's do it to it. I have a quiz for Randy. I think Randy's going to enjoy this after maybe five years of our, our acquaintanceship. Cause I think we met in March of 2018. So that's, and then we started this um, podcast I believe in January of 2020. So it's going to be four years of podcasting. Uh, it seems like Randy would have, um, he's looking around for an exit. I think he wants to get out from under this, uh, what I have planned for him here. He's looking around like, uh-oh, is there a secret door I can sneak out of? I've got a quiz for Randy. It's a Medicare-related quiz. Um, 
Now, it, are you going to come up with an excuse to duck out of this quiz or? Oh, no, no. I'm just having a little bit of a uh, kerfluffle here in the office with my staff. Well, would you like me to um, uh, go to a different subject matter for a while? No, this is fine. I, uh, I My four-legged staff is, I'm no. having a kerfluffle. kerfluffle. Your, your staff has a lot more legs than my staff does. <clears throat> Okay, well, here we go. I have a series of Medicare-related questions, and after having been involved with me for four years or more, may, some would say six years if they did the math that I just did, um, then Randy should have at least by osmosis picked up something about Medicare. So uh, the content curator handed this to me this morning and said, I think you could test Randy and see what his Medicare um, knowledge has uh, grown to to see whether you have uh, indeed become the kind of person that we could actually point to as a Medicare expert. Should I be unable to fulfill my duties? And you can. Now, now I I got to ask you, Doug. If I if I get a few questions right, maybe you know, like eighty percent or so. What was passing grade back in the day? Seventy percent, seventy five percent, something like often, that. Often, often seventy or seventy five percent. Yeah. So if I get seventy five percent. Can I win another quarter's worth of airtime? Absolutely. We'll let you blow hard yourself all the way to, you know, uh, 35 minutes. <laughs> oh, episode. my God. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to do the best I can. All right. Well, I'm hoping that you do better than I do on the stupid state laws test because I fail almost every one of those things. <laughs> okay. First question. Now, I've got a – this is stated as a fact, so I'm going to have to turn this into a question. Um here are some Medicare-related terms that have um, synonyms, that have a, a different name for the same thing. So if I said Medicare supplement insurance to you, do you know what the synonym is, what the other name for that particular type of uh, Medicare insurance is? I do, Medigap. Yep, there you go. Medigap is identical to Medicare supplement how about when I say original Medicare? Do you know what the other name for that is? Original Medicare Part A. Yeah, yeah, you're halfway and there. And Medicare Part B. There you go. Original Medicare is what some people call Medicare Parts A and B. And then, oh, this is a <laughs> this is a wide open door into the mind of Randy Carson. Uh, if I were to say Medicare Advantage, would you know what the other name that some people call it is? And I'm guessing that. Um, oh, I do. Remember, this is a family uh, podcast, family friendly podcast. I have I have several options, but I'm going to go with the one that I, I seem to. Well, you know, we just talked about Medigap. Okay, uh -huh. there's another one that I use to refer to Medicare Advantage called Medicrap. Yes, that's true, and that's the one you'd like to use. Actually, what we were looking for. <laughs> what, what the quiz really wanted you to say was plan C, but that's close enough. It's the word you used started with a C and it was perfectly accurate. Well, that's the reason it's called C is because it yeah. stands for Medicrap, part C, Medicrap. Medicare advantage is uh crap and is what we're saying. Um, okay. Now Medicare does not cover regular original Medicare parts A and B. Uh, does not cover 100% of eligible medical expenses. What does what percentage does it cover? Oh, I think 80. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, Medicare covers 80% of your outpatient 
medical bills. And then it uses an example here. What if you had a heart attack? Oh, boy, that's a an unpleasant thought. A uh, grabber? A yeah, grabber? Exactly. What if you had a grabber? Uh, it says the cost of that could range from 750000 to $1 million. And Medicare is capped off at 80%. Uh, now, the 80% really works for... Um, outpatient stuff and i you're probably going to wind up in the hospital if you have a heart attack but if your medicare uh if your heart attack ended up costing seven hundred and fifty thousand, and you had to pay 20 percent of that cost there's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars lifted right out of your wallet right there so i'm inclined to think that a medicare supplement or a coverage to supplement medicare is going to be a very good fiscal decision for everyone um Let's see here. Long-term care covered by Medicare, Randy? Nope. Nope. That's correct. That is correct. And this uh, article I'm reading here says about 70% of people over 65 are going to need some form of long-term care in their lifetime. Medicare only covers 20 days worth of long-term care. And the next 80 days are partially covered, but you have to pay a copay per day. And the longer you go, the more expensive that copay gets. And then after after uh, 90 days, you're on your own, buddy. Um, let's see. If you had need for dental insurance, would Medicare pay for that? Routine dental insurance? No. Routine dental treatment? No. And Randy's absolutely correct. Dental, vision, and hearing. If you have need for those things and uh, you don't have special dental, vision, or hearing insurance, which you can get almost everywhere, it grows on trees. Every insurance company in the world is bugging me all the time. Sell our dental plan to your clients. It's it's really easy to get dental vision and hearing insurance but medicare will not provide that and i think that's a very good thing there are people who say why won't medicare pay for my dental needs and the reason for that is because the taxpayers are carrying the weight of medicare why do we have to add more burden to the taxpayers when you have dental problems it's not like you have cancer and it needs to be fixed or you're going to die Go to the dentist all the time, and you won't have so many dental problems. Uh, that's going to be something that you can actually take an active part in yourself and reduce your need for dental treatment. And if you want dental insurance for less than $100 a month, you can get a dental plan that will pay for your hearing, your vision treatments, and uh, basically cover those things for you in a very satisfactory way. Why should the taxpayers have to pay for that? Uh, I think I didn't uh, hear what you just said there. What'd you say? I said, why should the taxpayers have to pay for that? <laughs> no, the hearing part. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All righty. Uh, he's a jokester. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Weight loss programs covered by Medicare. Uh, nope. Actually. <laughs> this... Well, okay. All right. So I, let me rephrase that. I suppose there's maybe some twisted little event that if you were declared you know medically obese for no purpose of your own i don't maybe they'll cover something i don't know well you're right you're sneaking right up on the answer here uh this uh paragraph says for example if weight loss is a necessary part of the treatment for diseases like diabetes hypothyroidism which i had and i went the other way i got skinnier with hypothyroidism but most people get better 
And uh, also they mentioned cardiovascular disease, among other things. Medicare will ha- help pay for the weight loss program that you need in order to help treat those uh, particular diseases. And it goes on to say Medicare will also help pay if the doctor tells you to lose weight before a surgery in order to reduce the possibility of complications. Uh, the type of services and programs that Medicare helps pay for are initial assessment of your eating and activity habits, health counseling, dieting and exercise education, follow-up visits to monitor your diet and weight loss progress, and up to three hours of individual counseling services for the first year and two hours each year after that. So let's see now. Okay, the next one. Um, the question is, are all Medicare supplement plans the same? And is the only difference between Medicare supplement plans the cost? Yes. Okay. In the world, let's see, they didn't word this question very well. So let's see if Randy was right or not. In the world of Medicare supplements, every insurance carrier has to follow government regulations, which means they all have the same benefits. So Randy was right. A plan G with Blue Cross Blue Shield has the same benefits as a plan G with Cigna. A plan N with Aetna has the same benefits as a plan N with CSI. Don't know who CSI is. Uh, Since every carrier sells exactly the same plan, the only differentiator is price. I think there are two other important differentiators, and I try to tell this to my my, uh, clients all the time. One differentiator is the quality of customer service. For one thing, um, uh, my favorite company, uh, United American has customer service people that live in the United States. They were born in the United States and they speak English. Clearly, they don't farm their customer service functions out to foreign countries like so many other companies do. The other important classification uh, or the important um, element of a Medicare supplement insurance company is their dedication to rate stability over the long haul. And uh, this is another reason that I push certain companies because they try to keep their rates, especially their high deductible plan rates, they try to keep them steady for the long haul, as opposed to some companies who try to lure clients in with a very low um, loss leader rate and then start jacking up that rate with the certain knowledge that some people are just never going to change because they're lazy Uh, They can't be bothered or whatever. They have inertia. And so that would be one other difference. So the three differences between Medicare supplement insurance companies are not the plan benefits. Those are all the same. It's going to be the the price, the dedication to rate stability, and the customer service. Next question. If you want to choose a drug plan, oh, if you wait, if you wait, to choose a Part D drug plan until long after you've been uh, uh, you've been adjudged uh, eligible, you'll pay a late enrollment penalty forever. Is that true or false, Randy? You will pay a late enrollment penalty until you die. There you go. That's uh, that's true. <laughs> I think that's that's Randy's way of saying yes. That is a true statement. So always get a drug plan when you're first eligible, so that you don't. Uh, in danger or you don't encounter a late enrollment penalty if they catch up to you. And the other thing I would say is that one of the companies, one of the big drug plan companies uh, is uh, now selling their plan 
their cheapest plan for $0 and 0 cents per month in many areas of the country. In other areas, it's 40 cents a month or 50 cents a month. It's not over $5 anywhere that I've ever seen in the United States. So when I do the search for the cheapest, or when you do it, after I've uh, instructed you how to do that search for the cheapest drug plan available for you in your area, it's likely that that plan is going to pop up as the very cheapest for you, and it's going to be free of charge. So even if you don't take any drugs, it's not really going to be a hit to your wallet to uh, stay in compliance, get a drug plan so that they cannot charge you with that lifetime late enrollment penalty down the road when you really need to get a drug plan. Number nine, um, when you're out of the country, let's say you're you're traveling through um, upper Slavovia and you have a grabber, to use uh, recent uh, examples. Uh, <laughs> Randy, Randy, what's is, is Medicare going to step up and pay for your medical treatment? Uh, no, that is correct. In Upper Slavovia General Hospital, uh, or any place else in any foreign country, Medicare will not pay for your medical treatment. Uh, the Medicare supplement plans that I sell have a built-in foreign country emergency treatment benefit, but it's not a rich benefit, and it's not something you want to rely on if you're going to be traveling for lengthy periods of time, or you know staying outside the country for lengthy periods of time. Medicare just does not work outside the country. Number 10, can you choose an alternative to Medicare? And if so, what would that alternative be called? Well, the politically correct term is called Medicare Advantage. There you go. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm not going to use that term, however. Ooh, I, pre back. <laughs> I prefer to call Medicare Advantage plans or anything of that ilk scam vantage yep and uh, i agree with you 100 percent because when you buy a medicare advantage plan it is an alternative to medicare because they take away medicare now you can get medicare back if you resign from your medicare advantage plan at the end of the year you can disenroll and get medicare back but you're going to have to then qualify to get a medicare supplement which we've already determined is a very important part of your coverage it's best not to to uh, uh, endanger your your fiscal security, don't take the chance that you cannot. You'll have a, a, a medical condition that will not allow you to qualify for a Medicare supplement. Uh, my advice to you is to stick with Medicare and a Medicare supplement from the get go, rather than taking Medicare Advantage and then deciding that you'd like to have the better coverage of Medicare supplement, but maybe you'll have a medical history that will preclude that possibility. So better to stick with original Medicare and a Medicare supplement from the get-go. Um, number 11, is Medicare running out of money? That is a great piece of discussion there. Um, depending on where you want to you know, pick up your news, there would be people argue that, yes, it is. And, the, uh, and I think the the year, I don't know whether this was Social Security or whether this was Medicare, but there was a, a particular year, you know, trotted out in the news that said, hey, if not, something happens here, uh, I think it was Social Security, actually. We're going to be out of money by, you know, and bottom line is, you know, we're all going to be on the street. And, uh, you know, I'm teasing. Yeah, but, but yeah, I do think there is a point in time 
because of the nature of the demographics of the uh, you know the baby boomers and all that stuff, yeah, well, there's uh, there's some definite steps going to have to be taken. Otherwise, things are going to have to take a left-hand corner. You're absolutely right. There's a social security trust fund, which is basically when you open that box that the trust fund that holds the trust fund, there's a big IOU in there from Congress saying we owe you this money. Or dust. There could be dust in Uh, there too. Yeah. Now for Medicare, that, that doesn't even have a trust fund. They are saving money to pay for people's Medicare expenses, but the money that they save, I've never heard it called a trust fund, and the savings that's uh, available is getting smaller and smaller. So when these people say, we want to change Medicare so it covers um, illegals, or when they say, we want to change Medicare so it covers dental and vision and hearing uh, problems, or we want to change Medicare so that um, there's no waiting period and anybody can get in anytime they want to. So they'll only get in when they have a disease that needs to be treated. Those things will destroy Medicare. When you hear people say, we, sh- we need a Canadian system, well, as we did in a recent episode, that means standing in line for up to a year to have a, 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 you know, a consultation, much less treatment by a specialist. And if you want to see Medicare slowly bleed to death, then continue to demand that your politicians add benefits, freebies to Medicare. You're going to see the end of Medicare if that happens. So let's see. Oh, well, you know, Doug, I was going to, I was just going to inject a thought, Doug. Doug is a Medicare expert. I'm not. I'm just an old cowboy from the, you know, from Nebraska. Guess what? If you spend more money than you got, it's not a good thing. So, you know, Bottom line is we don't have the money to carry the weight of the system we have today. So it can't go on forever, people. Uh, definitely things are going to have to be, steps are going to have to be taken. And I would certainly encourage people to realize that, you know, the cash cow, as we used to say, is getting old. Yeah. The only way that we can avoid pain when it comes to fixing the Medicare system so that it lasts far into the future, the only way we can avoid pain, in my view, is to grow out of it. If we have a healthy, booming economy, if we have low taxes, and uh, I think it's been proven over and over again, especially during the Reagan era, that when you lower taxes, you collect more tax revenue, then that's the way that we're going to be able to pay for the Medicare needs that we're going to have in the near future. Um there's several more of these things. I love the idea of of testing Randy's brain. I see smoke coming out of his ear occasionally, but we're uh, we're breathing down the neck of the longest episode ever in the history of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. So I'm thinking we'll save the rest of this for our next episode, and we can send the kids home early. What do you think, Randy? Sounds like a plan. I, I do have one thing to say, though. What's that? Uh, Doug mentioned early on in the podcast that, you know, he's working on the 2024 version of the book. And I haven't I haven't really talked to him about this, but I think we ought to have a big sale when that book does come out. Mm-hmm. I think we ought to have a big sale. And I'm, and I'm thinking about if you buy the first book for the price of three, we'll give you the next two for nothing. That's such a deal. Such a deal. The introductory sale. Yeah, yeah. When the book hits the marketplace, uh, 
frenzy will ensue and uh, I know. people will be running to snatch them up. You know, we might have a day just like we had one time. I forget how long ago. It wasn't too long ago, but, you know, it did, now this was the audio version, I believe. You sold like 500 of these in one day. Actually, that was the Kindle version, and it was oh. 625 in one day and 1,200 in a different day. And then you spent most of your, you know, the next year signing them, right? Uh, yes, I. it's hard to sign a Kindle version <laughs> of a book. <laughs> it's kind of like writing the Bible on the head of a pen. Well, I've seen, I've seen, uh, I, I assume it's, uh, you know, the true thing, but I've seen pictures of people that have written the engraved the Bible on a grain of rice. Now that's really uh -huh. hard to believe, but I know with the Medicare for the lazy man book, it could be done. All right. Well, Lewenhoek is the guy who invented magnification. And if he were still around, uh, I'm sure that's what he'd be up to. He'd be writing Medicare knowledge on uh, grains of uh, small items, I guess it would be. You got it. Well, you know, we need to sign off here. I, I haven't gotten the approval through the board of directors yet for a dollar worth no, of their time. That's going to so. be elusive, elusive. I, I'm still working on 75 cents. But before I sign off, Get your pencil out. Doug loves to hear from you, and you can reach out to him at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate it if you could find a place to drop a couple reviews on our content. We enjoy it. We need it. And the numbers are everything in this world. But last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. We could have done a number of different things, but without you, it's just no fun. It's just absolutely no fun. So thank you for joining us. We had you just exactly where we wanted you. For 32 and a half minutes, you have spent with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally from Oklahoma. No more. He's living up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And since it's early in the year and it's nice sunny day, I'm going to be nice to him and I'm going to put him in at about 6,600 feet. Thank you so much, Randy. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It was wonderful to have you with us today and we'll look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Bye-bye.